speaking on the same topic Jesus the Messiah but you know I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus the way because you know many times we speak about Jesus but sometimes we forget everything that he is and I say to people that many times we worship Jesus as though he is just a man as though he is just a being as though he's just like every other God that every other religion worships but Jesus is much more than that. The Bible declares that by him all things were created. For him every single thing that exists was made. And the Bible declares that it is him that holds all things in place. So I tell you that Jesus is not just a man. Jesus is the eternal hope of all creation. Jesus is the path by which all things come to life. Jesus is the very bridge that enabled you to move from the will of God into manifestation in the womb of your mother. Jesus is the one that holds our nations in place. Jesus is the one that sets the boundary lines over society, systems and sectors. Jesus is the very voice that thunders from heaven and terrifies kings on their thrones. Jesus is the one that institutes destinies. And it is by the power of Jesus that every life receives capacity to do and to be. Jesus is the very reason why here on earth we know that we have an eternal hope. And even though we wait for Jesus to come as our Messiah, yet we know that by he in his appearing, it is by him that our mortal bodies will be taken into eternal life. Jesus is the way. It is not just a way to salvation. Jesus is the way to build. Jesus is the way to craft. Jesus is the way to establish. Jesus is the way to disciple. Jesus is the way to marry. Jesus is the way to raise children. Jesus is the way to be a minister. Jesus is the way to be healed. Jesus is the way to be established. Jesus is the way. So when you have Jesus, what do you have? You have all the hope of the heavens on the inside of you. When you have Jesus, what do you have? You have the power of eternity and the power of the age to come. When you have Jesus, what do you have? You have the fullness of the Godhead residing on the inside of you. When you have Jesus, your entire life is redefined by the one that you carry. Jesus is who we carry. So when we say Jesus the Messiah... We are talking about the manifestation of the spirit of grace. We are talking about the manifestation of the one who made the heavens and the earth. We are saying that there is an impartation that is being released from this pulpit. That would enable people to read Genesis 1 verse 1. And something happens in their mind. And a shift comes into your spirit. And when you hear in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Something on the inside of you recognizes that scripture. Not just as a verse in a book but a reality that you carry. Because the one who created the heavens and the earth is on the inside of you. Jesus is the way. I don't know what way you are searching for this morning. I don't know what way you are hoping for this morning. But I tell you that whatever it is, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. You know, the Lord began to speak to me in the month of July. 
and he spoke to me about the strategic positioning of the month of September. And the Spirit of God said to me, he said, Isi, when you enter into the month of July, I want you to lead the people in a time of fasting, in a time of prayer of, and consecration for one week. He says, because in, in the month of September, that the gates of heaven are open. And he said to me, it's going to be a month of opportunity. It's going to be a month of spiritual trade. It's going to be a month of destiny re-establishment. It's going to be a month of realigning of purpose. And he says, you must grab September. Because there is something about the gate that is opened over us on this, in this season. And it is, no, no, it is not a mistake that Rema Feast is happening on this month. I believe that the reason why Ramaphist is happening now is because all of heaven is taking opportunity to merge the intentions for this nation with the agenda of heaven. So when you sit here at Ramaphist, you need to understand that you are sitting under the counsel of God. You are sitting under an open gate. You are sitting under a door in the spirit realm that makes it possible for you to enter into the promises of God. This is not another event. This is not just another gathering. This is a transition in the realm of the spirit. This is a time of purpose. This is a time when men are born. And the ones that existed before are empowered for the new day. This is where we stand this morning. And so the Lord began to speak to me. And I say to you this morning. Take opportunity of what God is doing. Jesus the way is in the midst of us. Jesus, the door is in the midst of us. Jesus, the one that makes it possible for every single prophetic word to manifest is in the midst of us. In John 14, verse 1 to 14, long scripture, I wouldn't read any, everything. But Jesus was speaking to them. And he was saying to them about in my father's house, there are many mansions there. He was speaking about where he was going from that moment. And as he spoke to the disciples, the disciples said to him, said, Jesus, we, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? It was Philip that was saying this. And Philip said unto the Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth for us. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you and yet has thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth within me. He doeth the works. Believe Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. Jesus began to speak to them in this verse of scripture about the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he further explained it to them. By explaining the concept of him being embedded in God and God being embedded in him. This is a spiritual concept that becomes the very foundation of every power that we walk in. It is the concept of the, uh, of the um, embodiment of the Godhead. And Jesus said to them, he said, listen, you have believed the Father. You have believed God. Now believe me. Why was Jesus saying this to them? Because by their religious training and their journeys as the Jews, they had heard a lot about God.
Lord, Elohim, El Shaddai, Adonai. And he says, you have been trained to believe that God exists. You have been trained to believe that there is a deity who is supreme on high. You have been trained to believe that there is one who is eternal and who is powerful, who controls the sun and controls the moon. He says, but you also need to believe that even now he manifests in the form of a man. You also need to believe because there is something about the embodiment of God in a man. Jesus said, you are struggling. You believe God, but now believe me. And so even as you are sitting here, there is a next level. There is a door. There is a next season. There is a next power. There is a next manifestation of your life that is attached to your ability to believe that he's not just a God that sits in heaven, but he's a God that dwells in the midst of us. He says, you believe the Father, believe me. Why was Jesus saying this? He said, listen, because until you believe this, you will not be able to do the works I have done or even greater works. So when I speak about Jesus being the way, I am talking to you about him being the path in the spirit by which men are able to navigate past the influence of darkness and arrive at the strength of the throne of God. But the only way that men are able to make this navigation is that they understand the concept of the indwelling God. Jesus is your way. Now imagine if Jesus is in you what you are capable of. About four weeks ago, I was working on a project to rescue some girls that had been sex trafficked from Burkina Faso. And as we're working on this project, as you know, it is not just, uh, things don't just happen. There are principalities, powers, spirits, and demons that are in charge of things like that to enable such systems happen. And so as we're working on the project, I remember at one point, I felt like we were stuck. And so I said to the team, I said, let us pray. I said, because I perceive in my spirit that what is disempowering our efforts is not just um, the ineffectiveness of this team. We have power, we have influence, we know people. I said, but there is something else in the spirit that has a legal hold over the destinies of these girls. And so we began to pray. And of course, before they take them and put them into work, they make them swear at altars. And they take stuff from their body parts and they swear at the altars to say, if we ever live here, we will die or we'll give our lives to this cause. So as we began to pray, I began to challenge certain things in the realm of the spirit and began to plead the sovereignty of the blood of Jesus over every soul and began to decree their release. Fast forward one week later, we're able to get the girls back home. But I remember, praise Jesus, but I remember having a dream. And on one of those days, I had this dream where I was trying to rescue a girl. And in the dream, her name was called the one that the Lord has given. And I was trying to rescue her, but I couldn't find a way. And then finally, I saw a door in the building. And someone said to me, this is the way to get to where she is. And as I was about to enter the door, I saw this man. He looks like a man of influence. And he was sitting down with a group of people. They were sitting behind a desk. And as I was about to go to the door, he said to me, you, Isi Genegba, right? You. And I was like, yeah, that's my name. And he said, you are the one making people believe that they have power. 
You are the one trying to set people free, right? You are the one confronting us and trying to shame us. He said, we will deal with you. And he began to reel curses. I remember calmly looking at this man and his host of demons. And I said to him, listen, for daring to curse me, I curse you. I said, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, your entire system is paralyzed. You will come to nothing and you will have no power to function anymore. And I walked away. As I was walking, the man was screaming, how dare you? You could tell he was a strong man. How dare you? How dare you? I walked to my work and I was going up the stairs to get who I was going to rescue. I remember as I was going up the stairs, I heard him screaming, how can she do this to us? How can, would you let her do this to us? Would you let, and in my mind, I'm thinking, who is he talking to? And the next thing he starts to shout, Amadioha, Amadioha, show yourself. Now, fast forward to when I wake up, I research Amadioha. Amadioha is a god in the Igbo land in Nigeria, and he's known as the god of thunder and lightning. And so this man obviously was a stronghold and a strong man and a priesthood over that deity. And so he began to say, show her, deal with her. She's trying to disgrace us. She's trying to rescue the ones we have held bound. Take her out. And as, as he was speaking, the skies began to change. Everywhere went dark. And I began to hear the sound of thunder. But I kept going up the stairs. At some point, my heart almost shook. And the voice of the Lord spoke to me in the dream. And he said to me, remember, in nothing should you be terrified of your adversaries. For when you are not terrified of them, it is a sign to them of their perdition and a sign to you of your victory. And so immediately my heart received peace and I continued. And as I got to the top of the stairs to rescue the girl, the next thing, I heard him shout, Amadioha now. And guess what? I saw lightning bolts flying towards me. I stood in the dream. And every time the lightning bolts tried to hit me, it will bounce back. Every time it tried to hit me, it will bounce back. And then I heard the voice of the deity speaking to the man. I needed to understand. I'm talking to you about Jesus being the way. I heard the voice of the deity speaking to the man. And he said, how could you send us against the great one? He said, for every time we try to strike her head, we see the face of the great one. And as he spoke, I could see the picture of what he was saying. And it was as though in the spirit realm, every time my face appeared, you would see the face of Jesus. My face is Jesus. My face is Jesus. So it was kind of confusing. Who are we striking? Is it the great one or is it her? And so this date, he said, how could you send us a great? He said, for we cannot strike the great one. And then the man said, no, I'm at your heart. If you cannot strike her head, strike her feet. At this point, I was going back down. And the lightning bolts were coming again for my feet. But as soon as they come, they'll bounce back. And then I heard the deity speak again to the man. How could you send us to strike the feet of the great one? He says, for every time we try to strike her feet, hear this, we see the feet of the one who has holes in it. Oh, Shalevo Kozaha. Jesus said I am one with the father and the father is one in me with me and whosoever believeth in Jesus is embedded in God Jesus being away is not a feel good message it is the entire infrastructure set up for you in the spirit realm by which you are able to deal with principalities 
rulers and those that control territories and the affairs of men. Every time we try to strike her feet, we see the feet of the great one. He says we cannot strike her. And I remember going through all of this and finally coming out. And I remember seeing the man, when I came out of the door, a crowd had gathered to see if I would survive. And when I came out, I looked at the man, I said, it's as though you did not hear what I told you. I said, for trying, remember, you're paralyzed. And immediately, he became like vegetable. Listen, why have I shared this dream with you? Because the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. John 15 verse 4 to 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Jesus is the door that opens us up to every blessing and possibility in God. But the reason why many times we are limited in our capacity to manifest this way, this eternal path that exists inside of us in the person of Jesus, the reason why we are limited is because we do not understand what it means to abide. For Jesus to abide, Jesus sets the rules. For Jesus to abide. Jesus determines the protocols of abiding. We are not the ones that define the systems of the spirit. We are but partakers of an eternal system that was established even before time began. We have been invited to a banquet table of God. And so when you stand in the presence of royalty, you do not decide for the royal what his protocols are, but you stand attentive to hear the ways of his throne room. The reason why we do not manifest the power is because many times we build up for ourselves a different kind of government. But you see, the spirit realm is controlled by government. He says, abide. We must allow Jesus fill all of us. We must allow Jesus lay hold of every part of our lives. Jesus must go past being a doctrine to you. Jesus must become a life. The gospel must go past being something you feel you are obligated to do. The gospel must become the very, very code of conduct by which you function. But the gospel must be embedded in your DNA. It must be the truth, but it must always also be the life. When the gospel goes from being just a truth into becoming the life that you live, you then realize that the very configuration of the way begins to manifest in you. When it becomes the life, you become a way. You become a door. You become a space in the realm of the spirit. When you step into territories and regions, the gates are lifted up because according to Psalm 24, he who has clean hands, pure heart, has not lifted up his soul to any idol, neither has he sworn deceitfully. This is the man that has the capacity to say, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you ancient doors. And they respond. Because at that point, your image is the image of Jesus. Authority does not come because we want it. Authority comes because we are transformed into the nature of the one who bears powers in the heavens and the earth. Jesus being the Messiah. 
It's a call for transformation. It's a call for translation. It's a call for sacrifice. It's a call for rededication. It's a call for realignment. It's a call for pressing. It's a call for pushing. It's a call for expansion. Do I have a believer in the house who is determined to allow everything on the inside of them submit to his lordship? I have no interest in my personal power. My entire interest is in the power of God. For what use is it if all that I can do in this life is all that my broken humanity permits? Why would I negotiate for loss if I can negotiate for eternal profit? If you are here and you don't know Jesus, today is your day. Because the thief and the one that sabotages destiny has been caught. Today you will make a different decision. If you are here and your marriage has struggled, your relationships have struggled, your ministries have struggled, today is your day of transformation. Jesus, why did he say I am the way? Because there is something about spiritual spaces and gates. I need you to stay with me. Because every territory in the realm of the spirit is divided by a gate system. Every territory in the realm of sectors and systems is divided by a gate system. The reason why many of us are limited despite the fact that we have the gospel and salvation is because we do not understand the operations of the realm of the spirit. Jesus came out saying the kingdom of God has come. But the only way to possess the kingdom is that you metanoia. You allow the gospel enter into your mind space. And you begin to recognize that it is not by a degree in Harvard that you possess the wealth of nations. Because the system of the world is not configured to allow a believer reign and rule. The system of the world is configured to weaken your strategies. So it does not matter how much you partner with the enemy, he will never hand you his empire. The only way to rule is that you take a sovereign position. The only way to overcome is that you take a sovereign position. And the way to do that is to enter by the spirit of revelation into the operation of the spirit realm and to begin to stand and allow God possess you so that you become the key that opens the doors into the places of the spirit. This is why Jesus said, listen, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But for the gates of hell to not prevail, the church must possess keys. <laughs> possess keys. There are keys to the doors of marriage. There are keys to the doors of childbearing. There are keys to the doors of wealth and economies. There are keys to these doors. Jesus said, I will give you revelation and the revelation will become the door opening key on the inside of you. But the keys don't function simply because you know the scripture. The key is not a token that you apply. The key is the man that you become. And so you get into a place where the spirit of God begins to take everything we see in scripture 
as a token, as a standard, as a structure. And he embeds it on the inside of you. So that you become a living, breathing access way. That's why Jesus said the key will come by revelation. By revelation. Gates are important. Because it is part of God's redemptive tool. The moment Adam and Eve were cast out of the Garden of Eden, what did the Bible say? He put two cherubims to guard the way back to the, to the um, tree of life. Why did he put cherubims where there were no walls? Because from the moment man fell, we became shielded and veiled from spiritual things. And so the cherubims were not just to keep them from coming in, but the flaming sword, the light of the sword, was to become a signal of the path by which they could go back in. But even though the light shows you the entryway, the sword has to cut you first. So the reason why many people still cannot enter is because they see the light of the sword and they follow the fire of the sword. But when they have to pass through, they resist the cutting and the piercing. I have never seen a man that has become God's key of access that is not a man of consecration that is not a man of sanctification that is not a man of sacrifice that is not a man that understands priesthood and covenant I have never seen if they are not such people in the kingdom they are such people in the realm of darkness choose ye this day whom you will serve and when you pick a side stand in it Become the ambassador of the side. This is the only way that you're going to transform your life and transform this nation. We are consistently standing at the junction of two realms. Consistently standing at the junction of the agenda of two kingdoms. And so the question is, whose kingdom, whose way are you facilitating? I remember there was a time when someone had done something that hurt me and I remember one day I sat down and I was thinking about it and I felt a, felt a certain foil to the fire I just felt something empowering the thought and I thought about it and thought and immediately Kalima Subre I heard the Holy Spirit say stop and as I stopped I was like Lord why? He said let me show you what is going on in the spirit realm and as the Lord took me into the realm of the spirit I saw a court case raised up against this person in the spirit realm and the enemy had presented accusations against them and none of the accusation was staying because the Lord was kicking it out and then the enemy said but look at what this person did to your apostle look at how they hurt her look at how will you let it go does your word not say and immediately the Lord said, do not be the one that empowers Satan to take down another believer. And immediately I began to pray. Come on, you can clap if you want to. Immediately I began to pray and I said, Lekelebo Shandabai. I said, Satan, I'm, no, I'm not a partner with you. I do not engage with you. I have no, 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 no path of alignment with your agenda. I refuse to be a tool and an equipment by which you take down another believer. And so I said, by the blood of Jesus, I release the soldier of the kingdom. I decree and I declare that on account of me, there is no case against this person. 
Hear me. We are standing at the boundary of the agenda of two kingdoms. And Jesus said, I am the way. So how do you access spiritual gates, realms, opportunities and glory? If you do not understand the operating system of the one who is the way. The one who is the way. He speaks about forgiveness. The one who is the way. He speaks about mercy. He speaks about love. He speaks about truth. These things are not things that are embraced by lily sissy people. These are powerful truths that empowers you in the spirit realm to have authority. Authority. Because we know we are standing in the boundary between kingdoms. We consistently empower ourselves to do the will of God. Hear me. In Genesis 4 verse 5, there was a conversation that went on between God and a man called Cain. I hope we're together this morning. Remember feast. Hallelujah. God and Cain had a conversation. And God said to Cain, Cain, why are you angry? Let it go. And he said, if you do what is good, would your sacrifice not be received? He said, but because you have not done that which is good, I can go into the teaching of good, but let's stay on track. Because you have not done that which is acceptable, which has the capacity to replicate the kingdom agenda. He says, this is why your sacrifice has not been uh, accepted. He says, but, but Cain, can you, can you do something about your heart? He said, because sin is crouching at your door and you must master it. Now, you have to understand that the word for door, the Hebrew word that was used, is the same word for heart. So God said to Cain that there is a door in your heart. And this door, Satan wants to take it. His desire is to have you. So God was saying to Cain that for every time you harbor anger against your brother, it is like a fragrance and an incense calling for Satan. And so Satan is attracted to bitterness. So he says he's standing at your door. And the same word for door is heart. I tell you, there's a door in the heart of every man. And the things that enter into your life is determined by the state of your heart. But there was something that God said to him. He said, Cain, master it. Master it. Today, I call you into the place of mastery. I call you into the place where you become determined to master the ways of the spirit. To lay hold of the things that you struggle with. To not deny the brokenness you see. To not deny the weakness you feel. To not lie about the fact that you struggle. But to take it to God and present it to him on the altar. And to say to him, Father, I do not want to be at this anymore. Show me the way to escape this temptation. When you do this, you enter into mastery. And it is masters that open doors. What Cain did not understand was that God was setting him up and giving him an opportunity for power. God was setting him up and giving him an, an opportunity for mastery and authority. But Cain was limited by his brokenness and short-sighted by his immediate limitation. This is the problem many of us have. 
And so when we see a limitation in our life, we allow the limitation to redefine everything that God has told us we are. As opposed to understanding that the limitation is meant to be the spiritual dumbbells by which you arrive at mastery. As you take the weakness, you present it in prayer before the Lord. Lord, there is a way. Lord, there is a way. Lord, there is a way. Show me the path of escape. Show me the way, oh God, to overcome. As you stay with it in prayer, you arrive at mastery. You begin to see the boundaries of the limitation. You begin to see the agenda of hell for which this struggle has entered your life. You begin to understand how to escape it and how to overpower it. Because whatever you master, you become a key to that door. It says, Cain, Keliba, Oskopela. We are not called to a gospel of no struggle. We are not called to a gospel of no pain and no shame. We are not called to a gospel of no limitation. We are called to a gospel that confronts darkness. But how can you confront darkness if you are afraid to call it what it is? Listen to me. A generation of fearless men and women are rising. And I'm not talking about fearless in the way our culture calls it. Where you disregard any kind of authority and power. But I'm talking about fearless in the realm of the spirit. To be able to look the agenda of hell in the eye and tell it there is a way. If you can't solve it that day, tell it I'm coming back for you. And you enter into the place of prayer power. And you begin to navigate the spirit realm by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord begins to show you the different terrains and the different arrangements and configurations of darkness. And as the Lord shows it to you, he begins to show you the power of scripture. And he begins to show you how you can swallow the scripture until you become the scripture. And in the realm of the spirit, you become as a tall mountain that cannot be overcome. And everywhere you step foot on, you crush by the anointing of the very word of the Lord that you carry on your inside. He says, Cain, master it. Do I have a woman of mastery in the room? Do I have a man of mastery in the room? Come and say to somebody, master it. Because Jesus is the way. There is always a way. Your marriage is about to fall apart. Master it. I do not take the escape route of hell. I do not take the solutions of Satan. For there is a way in the kingdom. Not the way that cement right to my flesh. Not the way that cement rights to my body. But there is a way of the spirit. By which a man arrives on the authority of Jesus. There is a way in the spirit. By which I begin to understand the endless blessings that Jesus gave to me when he ascended on high. There is a way. The keys to your generation is in your spirit. The keys to the nation of Kenya is in your spirit. The key to sickness being broken is in your spirit. The key to Uganda is in your spirit. There is a way. And the way is Jesus. There is a way. And the only option is Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift your voice and shout! I said there is a way. I said there is a part. I said there is a door. I said there is a key. And his name is Jesus. Listen, 
Kelima Sokobele Ketakavazande. Teliaskova. The way you arrive at the revelation of this Jesus. The way you arrive at this eternal key of life is in the things that you do. Because there are several operating um, systems in the realm of the spirit by which a man enters into the fullness of Jesus. One of the ways is your worship. Hear me, your worship is not a song that you sing. Your worship is your eternal, uh, your entire life. Your worship is you embodying the culture, the values, and the systems of heaven. What is your worship? It is beyond a song. Everything about you is a worship to God. You enter into the way when you honor the systems of the way. Part of the systems by which you enter the way is the system of the altar. Hear me. Many of us do not recognize that we are the living altars of the Lord and the tabernacle of the most high God you neglect the altar system you neglect the bridge between divinity and humanity you neglect the altar system you neglect the path that enables heaven to inhabit the earth God makes a covenant with a man but God gives a tangible representation of the covenant in the form of an altar listen do not be what I call a pentirascal. Who is a pentirascal? It's a Pentecostal Christian that only quotes scriptures that they don't embody. It's a Pentecostal Christian that attends sermons and shouts but no revelation. It's a Pentecostal Christian that looks at the word but forgets the image that he beheld two hours ago. Do not be a pentirascal. But the disciplines of God must become your daily living. Because you are the living altar and the tangible representation of every promise that God has given in Jesus. But an altar without fire is not an altar. It's just a physical thing that bears no weight in the spirit. Many of us, we have mastered the art of constructing altars, but we have not mastered the art of lighting the altars. We know how to change our services and crusades. We know how to be present in every Bible study. We have even mastered what we call Christianese, which is the language of Christianity. Oh, bless you. Oh, bless. Oh, bless. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I'll be praying for you, but you'll never pray. Christianese without no tangibility. Hear me. The spirit realm is all about occupancy. Spirits cannot operate legally on the earth without a host so they need the right to occupancy and the only right that a spirit needs is an empty house there is no neutral place in the spirit realm so the spirits are seeking for people who have constructed altars but have not evoked the God of the altar so another God comes and takes the altar that you built for Jehovah. So every day of your life must be about occupancy and territory taken. I'm not talking about physical territories. I'm talking about the territory of your soul. 
I'm talking about the territory of your spirit. I'm talking about the territory of your mind. Who rules your soul realm? Who controls your emotion? What are the legalities around the body realm? And who guards the door of your spirit? If you make room, a spirit will come. But the question is, who occupies? There is one who calls himself the way. Keep your altar on fire. An operating system that controls doors and gates is the system of sacrifice. I found out that a generation has a reason that does not understand sacrifice. That does not understand the power of giving everything that you have for the sake of what can be. I rebuke the spirit of short-sightedness. I rebuke the spirit of immediate gratification. I rebuke the Esau spirit that makes you trade authority for porridge. That makes you trade dominion for bread. I rebuke the demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of the culture of Jezebel that tells you that the way to be a powerful female is to sit on the head of a man. That is an anti-governmental system from the pit of hell. And as long the, as the woman who is meant to be the Ezekiel, the helper of the man bearing the vision of God, has embraced a Jezebelic spirit, the entire system of the kingdom becomes out of order. We do not purify ourselves so that our pastors will give us positions. We purify ourselves because we know that purity is a key to authority. And authority is what opens the doors in the spirit. And the doorkeeper of the spirit realm is the keeper of the territories of the earth. Is somebody here arising out of Kenya as a doorkeeper in this nation? Is somebody here arising out of Kenya as the next person that will keep the doors of economy, that will keep the doors of government, that will keep the doors of education? Come on, if you are here, say it is me. Alebokosa. The strength of your priesthood is the strength of your altar. And the strength of your altar is the power that you carry in the realm of the spirit. Paul we know, John we know, Peter we know, even the Jesus you preach we know, but who are you? Who are you? To demons hear your name and tremble. There was a man, A.A. Allen, he would cast out demons, but sometimes he would look at them and say, I am A.A. Allen, and the demon would jump out. Why? Because at some point, your name becomes synonymous to the name of your master. There are some people that when I send, they are received because they know the people represent everything that I am. If I send the resident pastor of my ministry to you, you know I'm the one that has come. There is a way that you serve this master. That everywhere you appear, they say, this looks like the king of glory. Gates, lift up your head. It is a battle of image and likeness. It was no mistake that the Bible says God created them in his image and after his likeness. Never joke with your image. But image is formed, transformed and adjusted according to what you behold. 
Today I call you to behold Jesus. Today I call you to behold the eternal King. Today I call you to behold the eternal one. Today I call you to behold the master of the heavens and the earth. Today I call you to behold the one by whose name you are named. Today I call you to behold our eternal hope. Today I call you to behold the door of the heavens. Today I call you to behold the one within whom all the doors and all the realms are embedded. Today I call you to the master key and the master opener. Today I call you into fellowship so that you might be one with him in whose hands are the authority of the heavens and the earth. Today I call you into the power of the age to come. Today I call you into the authority of the throne of God. Today I call you into recognition of Elohim Adonai, the ancient of days. Today I call you into the God who has no place of occupancy, yet all things are embedded within him. I call you into the system of creation. I call you into the light of generations. I call you into the hope of my days. I call you into the certainty of my future. I call you into the one that holds the new Jerusalem and the new earth in his hands. I call you into the captain of our salvation. Be one with Jesus. Be one with the way. Stand on your feet. Kalama sobre ingedama. Shiboroko sekre intavabato kubai. Kela nema sobre ikasopapai. We're going to pray. But before we pray, if you are here and you have heard me, but you know you don't have him, I need you to just put up your hand and we will pray. You are here. You knew, you once knew Jesus, but you came here for a revival. Put up your hand. You are here and you have seen limitation to the, in yourself based on the things that I have spoken of put up your hands we are going to pray this morning I see hands I see hands over there come on, come on, put up your hands I'm just going to pray with you right there at your seat, we don't have time come on, see those hands, put them up something is about to hit your life you are about to be transformed and encounter the way of hope this morning I want you to say everyone with the ones that their hands are lifted up say Jesus I have heard you to be the way now I want to see you as the way come into my life be my master be my captain be the key to my life I submit to you. I receive your Lordship. Do with me as you please. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together. Three years ago, after waiting for many years for my second child, several miscarriages, Several IVFs failed. And then finally, I bear seed. I'm carrying the seed with fear and trepidation. I'm carrying the seed, not knowing if it's going to be like the story of another of the previous years. But I had a certainty from the Spirit of God 
that this one will manifest. And at 23 weeks, I go to the hospital and they tell me I had lost 90%, hear me, 90% of my amniotic fluid had been drained, which I know was very demonic. And the doctor said to me, we have to take out the baby because it's going to die in you and you're going to get an infection. And if you don't take care of it, you will die. You know, they took Joe's money in his wealth and said and said, he's still standing because touch the man's body, then you will know the man's heart. So at this point, what were they touching? My body. They said, you will die. And I was shaking. I have just one minute. Shaking all over in the hospital. I was looking at this doctor, weak. But I heard the Spirit of God say to me, do not let his words be the last words in this room. And the Spirit of God said that to me. Because the power to life and to death is in the tongue. The keys that open the doors to life or death is in the tongue. And the Lord said to me, if you don't counter this, this seed will die. So I looked at the doctor and I said, I appreciate your knowledge. He was one of the best in my nation. And I said, but God gave me a different word. And I said to him, doctor, my womb is not a graveyard. I don't come to bury babies here. I am the daughter of the life-giving spirit. And a daughter must carry the DNA of her father. Therefore, even though my body be weak, there is something on the inside of me that powers life through to every seed. I said, this womb is not a graveyard. This child cannot die. Fast forward to different acts of faith. Me running from the hospital straight to America. All kinds of things. But this baby stayed till 36 weeks. The doctor said, we don't know how this would be possible. We don't see it happen. Amniotic fluid does not build back up. But who put it there in the first place? If you can explain the bones in the baby in the womb, then you can tell me that I cannot carry seed. Today I speak to you by the power of the miracle and the testimony that I have. That your womb is not a graveyard. And I speak to every demonic spirit of death that has attacked the womb of your destiny. That has attacked the womb of your finances. That has attacked the womb of your marriage. That has attacked the womb of your testimony. I command it to break his hold in the name of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy I release unto you the power of life and I release unto you the faith to manifest life I decree that every sick body be restored I declare that every blind eyes be opened I declare that every lame leg grows I declare that every ulcer be taken away by the power of Jesus who is the way to healing and restoration Alakanamashumra ikapaya Ramathis 2023. If you know you stand at the door of the power of God, lift up your voice and shout. Come and pray the Holy Ghost. Come and pray 